God's people on today's show, I call up a good friend of mine, Douglas Rogers, a.k.a. Reby Versus, and we give you our tales from the hood. But this isn't typical just from a worldly point of view. We sit down and break down and wrestle through some things from a Christian perspective. It's not about being right. It's not about being wrong. It's about introducing you to who we are, sharing our culture and our background and our struggles, and welcoming you to listen in and share yours as well. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the inspiration. My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? I can't believe y'all let me have a show. We going higher and higher, let me inspire you. Guys, people, I see you, let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggled to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your genes. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. Kind of forgot the tagline there, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Woo, man, we closing the year how strong, though, Jay. I, I can talk. Um, look, man, I'm not going to waste a lot of time today. Uh, we're having a very important conversation. I hit up a friend of mine, Douglas Rogers, a.k.a. Uh, Reed B. Versus. He's a Christian, a Christian rapper. Um, fashion designer. He is from the inner city of Detroit, like myself, but he's from the west side. I'm from the east side. Ooh, I don't want to start no trouble, but you know, uh, it's a difference. Okay, it's the difference, people. Y'all know me. I stayed out of all of the politics and the racial tension in those conversations this year because I knew that they were heightened by the media, and and I felt like there was a lot of hatred going on in the world, and these conversations weren't really helpful during those times because people were having them while trying to prove a point. You know me, I want to have these conversations as believers. And this isn't about making a point or your politics or your race today. This is about two believers sharing a certain perspective. My goal would be to have more of these type of complicated conversations, understanding that, you know, we're not changing the world. We won't necessarily be right about everything we say. And it's not about that. It's about sharing. There'll be some things that we talk about that as believers we have to wrestle with. And I'm challenging you to wrestle with them as a believer. We've lifted up every name this year. It's time to lift up the name of Jesus. And so when I have these type of complicated and difficult conversations um, where, you know, I'm sharing different sides of a story, we all come from different places. Um, it's with the goal of pointing us to Christ. Finding Christ in the conversation, finding Christ in the topic, not my skin color, not glorifying where I came from, but also not ashamed of my skin color or where I came from. Uh, proudly sharing those things within the proper context is my goal. And also looking forward to in the future, learning more about people who come from different places than me so that it's not a me against you situation in the kingdom of God, but yet in us in being united by faith. I will say it. Until I'm blue in the face. We need to take these conversations out of the hand of the world. Stop following their template and, and the, their blueprint for how to address these issues. And let's start figuring out as the body of Christ, how do we talk about some of these things and not hate each other afterwards, even if we don't agree fully, right? That's the goal. So I'm going to play a song from Doug real quick. 
This is from his project entitled Micah's Birthday. You can find his music by searching Read B Verses on Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, Apple Music, anywhere you listen to music, just type in Read B Verses. R-E-A-D B Verses. And look for this project, Micah's Birthday. This song is entitled Father's Farewell. Uh, Farewell, I can talk. Father's Farewell about his late father uh, shortly after he passed. God rest his soul. He walked with a cool limp, coolest the coolest cooler, and back of a Kruger cruising on new rims. Dive hats with the feather, shop is attacked with a leather fashion that matches the weather. They think he has it together, maybe he does, but then again, maybe he doesn't. Creasing his pants that'll cut you, wean tips with the buckle, shotgun with his lady driving his family home. Lean back, vibing, sliding the family stone. Watch shining just like a candelabra Full of candles, this kind of candy you can't imagine I'm trying to imagine, imagining things without my daddy He taught me swagger, it's staggering how he passed the metal Yeah, this is an ode to my old dude Yeah, I know you are gon' do I pray a better place you moved on to One day I'm coming home too This is an ode to my old dude I know you are gon' do I pray a better place you moved on to yeah, one day I'm coming home too You were an original, there's no imitations Your talk I will mimic, your walk I imitated You wasn't perfect, you had your limitations Intimidating, no timidness was your intimation You gave me wisdom, I came to you for your information Your words were piercing sometimes, my heart they penetrated You told me one day that all is fair in love and war You told me watch all your homies cause some are not your boys You told me prison is no place you wanna go That always kept me from doing too much and selling dope you told me how much you really love my mama I wish you would have showed her over all the drama I remember when mama wanted to put me out You tried hard to convince her to keep me at the house We talked about faith and what we understood You would not to my music and tell me it was good You probably don't know how much you meant to me But that's fine, I know you will eventually I know you were tired, that cancer took its toll You died well, farewell, friend, rest your soul You just heard Father's Farewell by Reed B. Versus, a.k.a. Douglas Rogers. And now it's time to sit down with the man himself and pick his brain and hear a couple of his tales from the hood. Let me interview you. Here's what we gon' do. You gon' talk to me and I'm gon' talk to you. Maybe on the phone or possibly in person. Either way it goes, we gon' be talking purpose. Yo, God's people. Man, we in December now. And uh, yeah, I got my first guest of December. Uh, this is a friend of mine, my homeboy, Reby versus Doug. What up today, brother? How you feeling? What up, Joe? What up, Joe? Let me, uh, you know. Good. How you feeling, man? You good? I feel good. I feel good, man. That's what's How you up, feeling? Man. man, you know what? I'm I'm great, bro. I'm great. You oh, know, man. balancing everything that's going on in the world, oh, but I'm good. Yeah. I just, you know what I did? We haven't talked about this. Um. I bought a lot of stuff on Black Friday, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I bought. Hey, hey, dog. What you bad, dog? I bought. I'm not gonna go through everything I bought. I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> but I'll tell you generally, right? And I'm gonna tell you where it started. You low key started it. Now that I think what about I it. Do? You what I do? You sent me a picture of them boots. Yo, them man. Vans boots. I, look, look, listen, dog. You said it. You was like, I'm gonna buy three pair of boots today. I'm like. <laughs> I just was looking at one. I ain't know what yeah, to I did do. it too. 
<laughs> I bought five pair of boots. <laughs> dog. But I, I think please, I might send please, one back. Just tell me one thing, dog. Was they all different colors? They couldn't all be the same color. <laughs> all right, let me think. I bought. All right, so they was different types of boots, though. I bought word, two. Word. Um, like more like rugged, like it's snow outside for real. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I bought a brown <laughs> pair and I bought a blue pair. It's hard to find blue shoes. You're right. Then I bought a more casual boot that was like brown and black. Did you get them joints we was looking at though? The uh, them, the, uh that was the last the, ones the, I bought. Them the vans. <laughs> the those, vans, yeah. Them, those them boys cold though. Them cold though. They wasn't on sale though. That's the only even the link. No. I, I think I, the link that we was looking at, they wasn't on sale. You know what? They might have been on sale that day. I didn't buy them. I didn't buy no. them the last ones I bought. And mm. I just paid full price. But anyway, yeah. I had them joints in the cart, bro. You didn't get them? Couldn't pull the trigger. Couldn't pull the trigger, bro. Them boys was expensive, man. I couldn't pull the trigger, dog. They was on sale. I just couldn't pull the trigger. I don't know what it, I don't know if I felt like I don't know what it was. I guess. Cause I ain't bought the kids no 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 uh, boots yet. I'm doing that this week. I didn't feel right. I get that. <laughs> I, ain't, yeah, see, I ain't feel right. I'm like, be real. That's the I one. Put... That's the one good thing about not like I don't want to say it like that, but like <laughs> no. I don't have to think about no kids. It's just me and Tiff, man. I like. No, no, I couldn't. I couldn't pull the trigger, and I know I got to get the little homie some, though. I couldn't. I couldn't pull the All trigger. Right. So, so you're a good I, father. That's what's up. So, yeah, I, yeah. I try to be, man. Sometimes. You know it's hard, but I try to be. <laughs> yeah, your kids, your kids, fun. Now you got beautiful kids, man. Um, yeah, thank you. So, thank you. yeah, so that that was the that uh, most of the other stuff I bought was either for my wife or for um for the house. Like you know, you sitting in the house so much now. I'm on these Zoom calls for work. Yeah, I'm just looking yeah, at yeah. stuff. Like you know what that that wall need to be painted. I'm doing all types of stuff. Work. All right, so you know what? Actually, um, how do I want to do this? Um, let's first, you know what, I want to talk to you first about and get your, you know, um, perspective just on 2020. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, I know that it's been a lot going on this year and for a lot of Mm -hmm. people, man, the narrative in the media has been so negative. And again, Mm -hmm. I've been saying this on the show. I know that, you know, some unfortunate things have happened that I don't want to minimize, but they Mm -hmm. almost been like mentally abusing you and forcing you to accept that is that times are horrible and I'm seeing it impact people. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. from you, like, you know, I know you a sober minded, balanced dude yeah. and, a, and a believer. So it's like, all right, you know, what do 2020 got you like, like fill in the blanks, man. 2020 got me like what, like, what have you learned and what are it you taking me, away from this year? 2020 got me like, I've learned a lot about being patient this year. A lot about just being patient, just from dealing with the anxieties um, from myself and from my wife and just around the whole COVID situation. Um, I've learned to be more responsible, you know what I'm saying? And during this time, we've been off because I haven't been working as much. So I've learned how to manage my money a lot better, just be more responsible. I've learned to... um, I slowed down a lot of a lot of things slow down. So I've gotten more familiar with my family because I, if you know this, I was working all the time. And if I'm not working, I'm writing. If I'm not writing, I'm creating something. And it was taking a lot of the time from uh, just my family. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So it slowed me down 
And I, I, to, to, to believe it or not, I've learned a lot about my kids this year. Um, it, it made me a better um, father. I've been around them, and it, it, it pretty much probably changed me for the rest of my life. Like, I'm not going, I just can't be running out of here, you know, and I, and I got these, this family here. So it's like, it, 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 2020, believe it, was a good year for me. It was a good year for me all the way around. It was a good year for me financially, as far as uh, some of the things I'm doing outside of my job. Um, uh, it, was, it was a good year for me. Um, I, can't, I, can't, I can't say, you know, don't get me wrong. Like, I've, like I said earlier about the anxieties and dealing with the whole COVID situation and how it pretty much just put a, a monkey wrench in a lot of things. But on the flip side of that, um, it's some good things that came out of this out of this year too. So yeah. uh, you know, you 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 see everything on Facebook. Everybody complaining about the year, but nah, to me, I ain't going I can't complain about this year because a lot of good things happened in it. Yeah, you know what? That's that's real good perspective, man. You said a bunch of good things. I mean, from being responsible and managing money, I really like that you pointed out that you slowed down. Um, mm-hmm. That we have in common because, you know, and, you know, I'm always on the go. I really started Mm -hmm. this year off pretty fast because Mm -hmm. I had already had bookings for music. Um, Mm -hmm. I had actually my last speaking engagement at a church was like the week, the first week in March. This is like when everything first got serious. Um, And I still we they still had the service. We spoke at the church again. This was before we really knew. This is when on. it was like, yo, this stuff might get shut down. And um, yeah. I'm happy I did it, man. Um, you know, I really, like I said, I was traveling a lot for work already this year. My last mm-hmm. trip in February was Houston. So a lot was happening. But like you, I, I had, this slowed me down. Um, yeah. Like you used to doing all this stuff. And I think it's been, me and my wife, like we typically try to travel to carve out that time a couple times a year, one or two times. Um, and this year we, we didn't travel, but yeah. we spent it every day in the house. And um, I'll say, man, it's been mostly good for us. Um, yeah. Obviously, you have some bumps in the road and any marriage you like just together all day. You're going to be getting on each other nerves. But it's it's been right. it's been good to slow down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's crazy. You mentioned the speaking engagement. I had a as you know, I do the I can't trust you thing. Yeah. And um, I had a event in April that we were supposed to do like a comedy show and I was really looking forward to doing that and then they shut everything down so I don't know if that's that you know that's part of the negative parts of it but the good part of that is I still made that relationship with that young lady and then it happened to be something that I'm passionate about like her whole organization that deals with you know abortion and everything so it was it gave me a a relationship that 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 I've actually you know, value that we had that I was able to create through that. So even though that particular thing didn't happen, I still have that relationship. So that's just a part of like everything is not bad. You know what I'm saying? You got to learn how to take the good with the bad or the bad with the good in this instance and learn how to roll with the punches. You know what I'm saying? So, and you know, yeah, what? it was, Oh, go ahead. My bad. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say it's not bad as, it, okay, there are some bad aspects, but overall, mm-hmm. I think it's so different. Yeah. And that's what's tough for people is because it's like you said, like you go from working all the time to being with your family more. Um, you know, you having to manage your money and be responsible because you're not working mm-hmm. as much. That's just mm-hmm. different. 
Yeah, it's different. Like, yeah, it's different. same for me. I'm used to traveling, and I was telling Tiff yesterday, I was low-key complaining, I guess. Just like, man, right. like, I used to have that balance between I had an office about an hour away from my house, mm-hmm. I had a home office, and I traveled, and, and I make my own schedule so I could really mix it up through the week if I want to work in the mm-hmm. office with people or by myself or travel. And now you just straight Zoom calls, home office. And it's like, yeah. yo. So, yeah. All right. Yeah, how, I mean, that's, that's, I, I don't mean to. No, you're good. Like, you're good. You got it. Yeah, like, that's interesting to me because, you know, I work in a steel mill. So yeah. sometimes it's, it's better. I, I feel good being at home. And so I was, I was like that dynamic, like, you y'all y'all gotta stay home like so how is that like mentally how is that for you you know what i'm saying just like you gotta you can't come in sometimes like is that how 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 different was that for you yeah like our offices are closed until sometime in the spring right now who knows that might get worse like even headquarters like everything been closed um you know what i'm gonna be real it's it's been challenging um, from the standpoint of, for me, I am like, I always say I'm a stander. And what I mean by that is like, you are, you know, when you come over people's houses yeah. or y'all all around, people being chairs, I want to stand up. Mm-hmm. And that's just like my personality is more of a bounce around, like on the move. And mm-hmm. so taking me and confining me to one location, um, it's been tough because I can't mix it up. And I feel like if that's I crazy. wasn't, as like maybe balanced and had the word of God, like I could, yeah. I can actually see how it's tough for people, but I haven't allowed it to go that far for me. Yeah, see that, that I guess that's what I wanted to know because I know for a fact because you you know how I am too. I'm like you. I'm the I want to be around everybody. I wanna I want to be the life of the party, and I couldn't imagine like my job is something that allows me to go out and do that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I couldn't imagine month in, month out, just sitting at the crib um, without God and without my family. You know what I'm saying? So I can definitely understand how somebody that's single um, and just like they don't have that kind of foundation, how that can be troubling for them. Yeah, you need the word. I, I, you know I need it because if I ain't having, I don't know. I, <laughs> listen, bro, if I, if, I, if I didn't have a word, and I'm not lying, so, if I didn't have a word listen, this year, bro. bro yeah. That's the only thing really keeping me sane because like you said, like for me, I spend 90% of my time by myself. And you got yeah. Zoom calls all day, but you're not, you know, that's virtual. That's, that's digital. Yeah. Um, From a human standpoint, I'm by myself until my wife gets right. off of work. But I'm busy though. That's what make it weird for me. And right. what I'm a, I said this on Instagram this week, what's been tough for me is that this time of year already, I can, I have to, challenge myself and push myself to execute and when you yeah. just in the house all day even though you got a million things to do it's easy man. to do nothing man so all right man so that's 2020 by the grace of god we still here we made it it's a couple of things so i'm gonna I'm just give you an idea of a couple of things i want to cover um during our conversation but we're gonna let the conversation go wherever we want to go so i definitely want to talk about like growing up in the hood And just some of the dynamics, um, this is something that I wanted to start unpacking, not to make it seem like the hood is the worst place in the world or is, you know, because we grew up in the hood and, you know, we have to be victims. Right. I want to talk about the victim mentality and maybe how that's pushed 
um, on us when we come from these type of neighborhoods and how we overcome that. And then I also want to talk about, I guess, and this could almost be the same thing, but how we defy stereotypes. And I'm looking kind of to do two things with this conversation, um, you know, and sharing it. Like, number one, for people who are from where we from and maybe be dealing with some of these struggles to encourage and help them and just give them ideas about how we may have overcome some of these things or maybe some things we failed to or whatever. And then also for somebody who's not from the hood and not from these places to like introduce ourselves culturally. I feel like in the world today, everybody wants to argue about everything. And that's why I didn't spend a lot of time this year talking about this type of stuff. Cause I really wanted the right type of platform to as believers and Christians get to know one another, not point the finger and somebody could be from the suburbs and still have problems or they could be white, black, Chinese people in third world countries. So this isn't about elevating our problems or our lifestyle or our culture above everyone else. It's really about introducing these dynamics and hopefully getting people to understand and then be helping people who are in these situations. So I know that was a mouthful, but let's start with growing up in the hood, man. And we could go wherever you want to go with this. Right. But I just want to talk about some of the challenges and the dynamics and maybe just share a little bit about your background. Um, you know, any stories or things you want to share just to give people an introduction of like, you know, we know what it's like on TV. But what was it like really yeah. for you growing up uh, in Detroit? Yeah. For, so for me, I grew up in southwest Detroit. They call it the number streets. And it's a it's a rough area and it really got rougher. As we moved over there, I moved over there from the east side when I was about four years old. And um, it got rougher as I got older. So I remember when I first moved over there to that neighborhood, it was still houses. Um, It was still neighbors and it was houses on every block. But like in that, maybe that. 10, 15 year span from the time I was four till about 18, you progressively seen the neighborhood get worse and worse and worse because there was a lot of drugs there. And um, uh, when people moved out, the drug dealers took over the house and made it a spot. And the spot is just where they sell drugs at. And, you know, you have rival drug dealers, you know what I'm saying, burn each other, uh, spots down. And, you know, I, you know, a lot of violence, um, not too much gang, not too many gangs, even though it was gangs around, I really wasn't involved with that. Um, but like the drugs and, and, uh, things like that and, and seeing shootouts and waking up the gunshots or going to sleep, the gunshots, and, you know, having the whole, you know, the thing where we got to get down on the floor, you know, when we hear the gunshots, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's the kind of stuff, you know, I grew up in. Uh, my my mother, uh, she was the one who worked, and my pop stayed home. But he like he was like in the streets, so he sold dope down the street, and you know I pretty much was in in control and taking care of my younger brothers and sisters. We all really close in age, so as we got older, you know we was pretty much taking care of ourselves. But I was always given the responsibility of whatever money that was given to us, or I was the head one in charge if I was if nobody was home. And so Damn. I was given a lot of responsibility as I, as, as a younger, as a young kid. And I think that's what kind of helped me, um, um, for me to be responsible as I am today. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. so it was laying that groundwork, 
You know what I mean? So I like but that. uh but uh um growing I, I we wasn't we was poor, but we wasn't real poor. You know, like we had a car and you know, and my mother worked and we 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 ate all we you know, we had regular meals. So I wasn't like it wasn't like um, you know, like I like I they was on there. They did use drugs. They smoked a lot of weed. My father got into hard drugs, like, you know, cocaine and every, as they got, as I got older, but we, I never really felt the effects of that. Like it wasn't no, it was never no time where we didn't have nothing to eat or anything, or we didn't have clothes or, or shoes. My, my mother worked a pretty good job. So, okay. um, yeah. And then like my high school years, I got into a lot of trouble, you know, but, but I wasn't, a bad kid, like, you know, some kids just be terrible, but I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't as bad as they was, but I, w- I, I can't say I was, I wasn't bad either. You know what I mean? I just wasn't, I guess, I, I guess I could say I wasn't like, um, I don't know. I just wasn't terrorizing people. Like yeah, I would, different. I would have to, right, right. I would defend myself instead of, I wanted to be funny. I wanted to be well liked by everybody. You know, I didn't want to cause no trouble, but if, if, the trouble did come then I was ready for it. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, I was kind of like, and I developed that from just being tired of people bullying me when I was little. Cause I was real skinny. So people would always test me. So I had to develop that, you know, we scrapping if, 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 if you messing with me. So it's like yeah. that progressed, that progressed into me being, you know, kind of a hot head. Like I was still silly, but then stuff can happen. Like if I wasn't, if I wasn't controlling how I yeah. was and a lot of the times I wasn't. So let me, so, I, I'm curious about just like two things you, you talked about going to sleep, you know, to gunshots and waking up to gunshots. Yeah. yeah. And to some people, right. To those of us who, you know, who lived through some of that, like that almost could be like every day you, you're not really tripping. <laughs> But I could understand how some of our listeners is like, come on, bro. Like you going to sleep yeah. as kids to gunshots, right? Um, that's an interesting dynamic. Like, what was that like for you? Like, do you feel like it became the norm? Or yeah. was it super scary, you know, just hearing well, that as at, a kid? When you when you a kid, yes, yeah, it's, it's like when you young, like a baby, you scared. But then like when it's happening so much, you get used to it. Like you just know what to do. Um, man, you know, sometimes I think about it, like, is it, is it comparable to like a war zone? Like, you know how in some third world countries, you know, war is always happening around them. And I, and I, and you know, you kind of want to be like, nah, it wasn't like that. But then maybe what if it was, you know what I'm saying? And we just, because I lived through it, I don't, and I don't like the picture of what I grew up in as some kind of a war zone. So I'm reluctant to say that. But then when I think about some of the things that I hear from those kind of stories and I and I and I look at some of the things I've seen and what I went through, then it's it's comparable in some of in some of those instances. That's we just don't think it's a war because <laughs> it's not a war. But that don't mean we're not experiencing the same things. You know what I'm saying? And so, we in it. Yeah, so like we that, in it. I think that's one of the interesting things about growing up in the hood. And that's why I wanted to talk about this, right? Because there's there's a lot of balance needed to talk about this stuff. Like 
Mm-hmm. On one hand, it sounds really crazy, right? And I could see mm-hmm. somebody on the outside looking in. It's like, man, there's no way, like, y'all had kids growing up around that. But then, on the other hand, it's like, like you said, with people in third world countries, like, you know, the weird thing about us as human beings, we're resilient and we right. adapt. And that could be a good and bad thing. And I think yeah. what happens is it's like, it's like sirens. Like, mm-hmm. we didn't react, like, now... Like just you know now like living in the suburbs and stuff, man. When if the sirens go off or the police or ambulance come in our neighborhood, I'm talking about you look outside and it's a hundred people out there, yeah. and they paying attention to it. When you in the hood, yeah. it's like you don't even react to that. Nah, like you can hear the sirens and you just know. And then if the sad the, the sad thing about it is that you can hear the sirens and you all want you. All automatically think, dang, dang, somebody probably got killed. Like, it ain't even like, it's not like you looking at it and trying to see what's going on or trying to figure out who got hurt. It's like, dang, somebody probably got shot. You know what I'm saying? Because you? you can hear the gunshots and then you hear the sirens. Like, so it's yeah. like, it's, I mean, it's, it's crazy, bro. When I, like, because I haven't even thought about this. You know what I'm saying? So it's crazy, but that's what we was used to dealing with. It was every day. Now, now here's every my question. Every day, bro. Did you, did you have any friends growing up or know anybody who was killed or shot or yeah. anything like that? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You, it, and you, yeah. And then what you was like, like, it's just, I mean, like your man got shot. <laughs> so it was like, it's messed up, but then it's like, you know, it's a part of the life. It's a part of life. How so did, that's so tough. It, it, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, like it's a part of life. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, like, it's a part of life. Like, you heard my man, like, dang, my man got shot the other day. And it might have been an acquaintance. And I have I have, I, I have, have had friends get shot. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but it's like, it's a part, it's a part of life. Like, what? It's, it's sad and, and it's messed up, but it's a part of life. What was a time, what's, what's a time that you could remember one of the first times um, that someone... Like that you either know or close to got shot or killed or something just being in a hood. And yeah, my like, cousin. How old were you? Man, I was young. I was like eight or nine. And then uh, my cousin, somebody shot my bigger cousin, me. Somebody shot him in the back of the head with a botched drug deal. I mean, like, yeah. So it's like, oh. what was your like? Yeah. Did you feel like you knew what was going on or like? Nah, I was so young, bro. Like, like you, I mean, you said that he gone, but it's like, and then, it, but it's, it's, you, you just, you just learn to be, to deal with it. Yeah, it's you weird. The, I can remember. Yeah, it's, it's super weird. Yeah. Super weird. When, go ahead. No, you no, go ahead. My bad. No, I was just going to ask you, like, you've experienced these things too. Like, so how was, like, how was it, when was the first time you realized that or seen that or experienced somebody close to you? Yeah. So one of the one of the first times I can remember, um, I was maybe a young teenager, like I'm talking yeah. 13, literally, or maybe 12, 11. And um, it wasn't a friend of mine, but my best friend used to live like eight or nine blocks from me. So I spent right. a lot of time on his block. And um, man, like I remember his neighbor got killed. And it was a dude that I used to always see when I was down there. And he got he got shot and killed. It was like something in the middle of the street. 
Like, you know, that's the other thing when you're in them type of situations. People got guns and stuff all the time and mm-hmm. people fighting and little things that you... I, I I actually did. I was the type of person that always was on guard, but uh, yeah. for the most part, you don't respond to. But he just got killed in broad daylight in the middle of the street. And it was like, so for me, I remember going over there the next time and it was like, yeah, he did. And I I really couldn't wrap my mind around it. I'm like, like he was like my man gone. But um, one of the first times it was like a friend of mine that I remember. It was a dude that I've known since kindergarten. I'm not going to say his name, but we were, you know, we were friends. He was cool. And I found out he got killed um, playing dice. It was something mm. over some, I, I'm, I almost want to say he got killed over a couple dollars, like two to five dollars. Mm-hmm. Like they were playing dice. Something happened. And um, yeah, man, he got, he got killed. And I like to this day, every now and then I think about him. He was like, yeah. he was a good dude. But when you in that, when you in that environment, and I'm curious what you think about this. I don't think people realize you could actually be a good person. And when yeah. you in that environment, like you said something earlier, you said you started, you wanted to laugh and have fun, but you started to become a hothead to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little mm-hmm. bit about that defense mechanism that you have to develop when you growing up in the hood? It's like survival of the fittest. Like, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Cause you developed them. You developed a mindset that you can't be, you can't be tested. And it's 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 a it's a weird dynamic, but it's like when I was real young, I used to get chased home. You know what I'm saying? Because I was scared to fight. And then when I decided, like I remember my pops told me, like you can't keep letting them chase you home. So it's like either you're gonna fight or you're gonna have to fight me. You know what I'm saying? So it was like I ain't finna fight my pops. So one day I said, I ain't running no more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I ain't running no more. You know what I mean? So like, and then when I found out, okay, I like, I can stand up for myself. I can handle myself. Then he became, okay, I'm equipped. Like, all right, look, I know that if I get into something, then I, then, then I can handle it. You know what I'm saying? So then, you know, the fear of that, but you develop in a certain kind of mindset that it's hard for you to, you know, know what when you crossing the boundaries. And I remember, like, I never wanted to start nothing, but I didn't care if something happened. You know what I'm saying? And this is a wow. this is a weird way to think about it too. It's like I wasn't trying to cause any trouble, but I wasn't. I didn't care about trouble either. So it's like if it happened, it happened. You know what I mean? That's like. Deep. It, it is. It's, it's a. It's a. It's a. It's an interesting dynamic, because I'm not avoiding it. You know what I'm saying? Like now, being saved, I'm avoiding trouble. You know what I mean? Like I'm avoiding it. I'm trying to calm things down and and be a be level headed. But then I wasn't, and I can I can honestly say that I probably antagonized people. You know what I'm saying? More than I should have. Um, so did you get into a lot of fights? I did. I did get into a lot of fights, but uh, because I was so small and I was the I was always playing, I got tested a lot. But as I got older, you know what I mean, and I and I and and people and my reputation grew as okay, like you know, Doug and them, like you can't really don't really mess with them. You know what I'm saying? Then it became um just a just a way of being. Like like I said, like it's weird. Like I wasn't trying to, I wasn't always trying to start stuff. 
but I did start stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's 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 weird, man. It's Your weird. When I look back on it, it's weird. It's just the environment, bro. Like, yep. it's, it's the environment. And I don't, I don't want to blame it all on the environment because I had choices that I could have made. You know what I'm saying? But then it's like, it, it is shaping me. It it's is, tougher. It is. It's shaping me. And I agree with you. you. Like, I, I wouldn't want to make um any excuse for the environment. But I, but I do right. want to be real. Like, it's tougher when that is around you. So, like, for me, um, I've never been a fighter like that. I've only fighted when I literally had to. Right. And part of the reason I used to never fight, I was probably a little different than you. I played out scenarios in my head. So yeah. I would look at the scenario and, like, finish the story. Like, okay, this situation <laughs> right here. Like, all right, this happened and there's six of them. Okay, all right, right. this ain't going to look good. Like, I used to play things out, so I can, you know, I can kind of remember a couple of times when I had to fight where, you know, people, like you said, it was one time I was in um, fifth grade. One of, my, one of my first fights was in fifth grade. And this was in front of everybody because between lunch, we had to go, between our lunch hours, sit in the auditorium with like five, yeah. six, seven other classes. Yeah. And it started in the classroom. This dude, he, he used to live in the projects. The projects was behind the school. I lived on the front of the school. So I lived like right. literally just the school was be between me and the projects. But the only time I was ever in those projects was when I was playing basketball, which was like yeah. right on the outside of the projects. I, I wasn't one of those people. I probably never walked through that project a day in my life. But I used to hoot with them all the time. So they knew me. Basketball was my thing. That was all. I, I was basketball and silly. And um, this dude was kind of like, I guess you could call it, he was messing with me in class. And my man was like, he started talking crazy. I don't even, oh, you know why I started? Because my elbow was on, you know how they used to only have where only one elbow can go on the deck, like on the little. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, my elbow was there. He pushed it off. I'm like, bro, my elbow here. So long story short, <laughs> he called me every name in the book, talked about my mama, yeah. whoever. And I was just like, hey, man, just don't touch me. And my, right. here was my thinking in the fifth grade. My thinking was like, as long as he talking, I'm smart enough not to do nothing. But right. if he touched me and all these people around, I, gotta I, do I literally have to fight him now. And so I gotta do something. we got in the auditorium where all the people, and of course people was trying to egg it on, and he touched me. And I got up, and I, that was the moment when I realized I kind of had hands. I gave him a nice two-piece. Yeah. And the weird here was the weird thing about it, man. And I'm just being honest. I remember feeling sweet after that fight mm -hmm. because now it's like you just taunted me and now I feel good. And the reason I'm pointing that out is because that's one of the dangers. And when you in some of these environments, you start feeling good about doing bad stuff. Facts like that's and, that, and that's that's what I mean, like. It, the 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 way and so this is why I can understand like even the the machismo around like yep. around our our community like you can't be soft you can't. You know what I mean you can't let nobody touch you and see that's the now this is this is where it develops into what I was saying earlier about it's it's a it's a weird dynamic because on one hand I'm not going around starting stuff with everybody but on the other hand if you start something with me, then I'm going to finish it. You know what yep. I'm saying? So it's like, but it's wrong. You know what I'm saying? Either like looking back on it. Right. Now, listen, 
even 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 like it's things now that I'm not finna let happen. You know what I'm saying? Right. Now I'm avoiding it, but I'm not finna let it happen. You know what I'm saying? But now, but then it was like, um, I just I give you an example. Like one time we was hooping, and this is this is a perfect example. Right? One time we was hooping, and it was this cat that I had fought before, and he kind of got the best of me. You know what I'm saying? Because they broke it the, the the first time we fought, they broke it up. Him and his man, like his man's and them broke it up before I can really get to him. You know what I'm saying? So I always felt bad about this. So this like a year later, we out there hooping and we all hooping together. And then like I go to the hole, my man found me. You know what I'm saying? Like found me hard. You know what I mean? So we arguing, we argue for a minute. Now in my mind, I'm not thinking. I want to start something to him with him because we hooping together. Yeah. But soon as he found me and he started talking, my mind switched to, okay, I know what you did last year. Right. So I got to get you back. You know what right. I'm saying? Because the same people that was there last year is here now. And that tension is still in the air, even though we hooping together. Got that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So now I could, I could deescalate the situation. I don't want to de-escalate the situation. This is what I mean. Like it's a weird dynamic. Like Culturally. I'm not trying to start it, but now I want this to go because I gotta prove myself Ooh. from what happened last year. Yeah, and you know you, what I mean. And, and you carry that, like yeah. You, and people, I think, man, it's tough when you carrying that because, like you said, it's the same people around, and you feeling yeah. that pressure. Really, if we being honest, you feeling the pressure. Because I think what people got to understand when you growing up somewhere where the tension exists. So like what you talked about, like right now, like, of course, now it's still stuff that ain't going to happen. But I think the difference is as an adult, a Christian, you're not putting yourself in In an environment where like because this is how I look at it. When you put yourself in certain environments, something just becomes more likely. It's not impossible to happen nowhere Mm -hmm. else. But it's like, bro, like, like you said, like you couldn't go, you not gonna go and hang out at at the trap house right now because yeah. you gonna know like the likelihood of something happening is very high, right? And if you don't want nothing to happen, that's really what changes. And here's what I say: our desire is even as young believers, man, and and, and part of why we talking about this again is like if if a person is in that situation or. Right. still holds the residue of that situation. Sometimes we can make excuses for ourselves as to why we live a certain way, but but true right. deliverance and repentance means turning away and, separation and, and letting letting it go. I remember look, when now this is all this is 8th grade now, 7th 8th grade. Mm-hmm. And um if you remember around middle school, gangs did become a little popular in Detroit. We was just taking Thanks. from like Chicago, LA, I guess. Yep. I don't know how that stuff was getting here, but it was crazy for a few years. Yeah. And my school, I went to Barbara Magnet Middle School, which was a school I had to take a test to go to. So yes, here sir. I am taking a test to go to a school outside of my neighborhood. I'm getting busted at school, but mm-hmm. it was in a bad neighborhood. So you still had neighborhood kids there. Um, yep. Not everybody tested. So my point is gangs were real bad. Me and the same best friend, we were best friends. I remember we were talking and we had a conversation like, all right, we were literally strategizing like we might have to get jumped in the game. Mm-hmm. Because in our mind, <laughs> yeah, bro. 
Now, in our mind, we were seeing so many bad fights. We were literally strategizing at, at 13, 14 years old. Like, we might have to do this just yeah. to survive. Well, see, the, the, the crazy thing about that is that your situation was similar to mine. I went to Clipper Academy. We had to take a test to get in there. And by the time I got into the seventh, eighth grade, you know, I didn't really care about school no more. And I was about being cool. Yeah. And I remember me and my man used to act like we was in the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's so funny. It, it's, man. Just, it's just, I mean, it's but, bad, but it's, but it's like, it's, it, it's, it's just, it, at that, it, when you that young and you living in that environment, you want to do everything you can to be tougher than what you really are. Cause I knew that's what it was for me. Like I'm trying to be tougher than what I really am. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's always trying to, it's, and it's funny cause I haven't thought about it or talked about this kind of stuff like this and this kind of, you know, in this kind of way, but it's like, you, you, you're trying to be a lot of the time, something you're not until you become that something. Man, you know what I'm saying? Then, woo, until you deep. become that something. That's deep because yeah. eventually when you keep, playing that role, it's almost like an actor. I didn't heard Will Smith and them talk about Denzel. You can get trapped in a role. You start playing it so long, you really think yeah. you John Q. You that, you that part. And that's and see that that's the that's the thing, bro, because I've I've seen that happen to a lot of people. Like it, they 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 really not they they really not like that. And then a certain because but they playing that game and then something pushed them over the edge. And then they well they have to be that way. Yeah, so you know we got to be careful. So, we got to be careful. Yeah, you got to be careful. And th th just to go back to what you were saying, like for the young believer, you know what I mean? That's 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 trapped in between that. Okay, this this is my man's over here. I just got saved, and but I know I shouldn't be doing. Like I've been in that situation where I've been around the people that I knew I shouldn't have been around. You know what I'm saying? Or wasn't conducive to the kind of lifestyle that I wanted to live. And I had to break away from it. You know what I'm saying? Because can't nothing help you there. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to get away because being around in that old, in that kind of environment is not going to help you um, develop into the kind of Christian that you need to develop into. You know, that, yeah. that doesn't mean you abandon those people. You know what I'm saying? But that does mean you can't go to the same places. You can't have the same conversations. You can't hang out the same. You can't do the same stuff. If, it, if you do, and it's, it's just going to make your walk harder. That, um, so, yeah. That, that right there, that makes me think of something. Um, that's a good point. You're you really making a good point. And what it makes me think about is there is that struggle between selling out, moving away from yeah. the hood, forgetting where you came yeah. from. And, and that mentality that you develop early on and wanting to please people, mm -hmm. improve yourself to people, there's an aspect of that sometimes that even follows you into adulthood. And yeah, I saw, I'm a, I'm a, go ahead. Jay, I'm going to tell you one of the craziest things that somebody said to me. This is my man. He was like, and I, I remember I had my son. And, I, and maybe we, we, I, I said, we'll talk about that later, about how my man put. Well, maybe we could talk about it now. Go ahead. Remember I told you the story? Yeah, remember I told you the story, right? Went to the club one night, and we had got there late. You know, and it's going to go into what I'm talking about, what, what my man said to me. But we got there later than some of the other cats. Now, this is how crazy it is. And this just might be how crazy I am. But, like, <laughs> like we, we get there or how crazy I was getting. We get there. 
And then somebody that we knew from another hood that really wasn't, we really wasn't cool. We just knew each other. Like we all are part of the number streets and I knew them, you know what I'm saying? But I remember younger, we used to beef with them a little bit because we steal from two different sides of the number streets. You know what I'm saying? But one, but, but just because we all from the number streets and the people that they was getting into it with was from seven mile, you know what I'm saying? Was from West seven mile. We all from the same hood, so we all got to be together. You know what I'm saying? Right. So they kicking him out because somebody tried to steal one of their glasses. I guess the guy from Seven Mile tried to snatch my man's glasses off. We get there. They putting them out the club. We finna fight. You know what I'm saying? So the police come, tell us all to disperse. We go to Belle Isle. And we riding around Belle Isle, me and my mans and them. We riding around Belle Isle. We acting a fool. We all outside the sun rules. It's the middle of the summer. We just having a ball, right? So the police pull us over. And they like, look, we finna impile my man's car because he ain't even got his license. You know what I'm saying? So y'all go stand down the street and wait for y'all other friends, you know what I'm saying, to come pick y'all up because we taking this car. Y'all gonna have to ride with my man and them. Get ride with the other car. So we standing on we standing on the road. You know how Belle Alley is like. It's yep. the road and then it's like the grass. Then it was like water over there. You know what I'm saying? So we standing there. And then it's this guy that I had met just that night. So my mans and them, like from Seven Mile, they pulled up on us. You know what I'm saying? And I remember they car, they had a cutlass, like a burgundy cutlass with gold rims. He pulled up on us, and he and out the back window, um, he stuck the AK out and pointed it right at me. So Man. I'm looking, right? He pointed it at me. But the craziest thing, Jay, is I didn't get scared, bro. Like, I can't explain to you why I didn't get scared. You know what I'm saying? That is crazy. It was crazy. So I'm like, I'm looking, and my man, like, standing next to me, he takes off his shirt. Like, shoot me. Shoot me. I'm like, oh, this, this guy crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, now keep in mind, like, we in our early 20s. I'm like 19, 20 years old. You know what I'm saying? Like, 20, 20, yeah, I was about 20, 21 years old. I mean, he, I guess he had just got to jail. He ain't scared of nothing. He like, shoot me, shoot me. I'm like, look, I don't care what he talking about. That's what I told my man. I don't care what he talking about. Look down the street. The police is right there. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, look, if you shoot us, ain't no way you getting away. You know what wow. I mean? Because it's like two or three cop cars that got my man and them pulled over. So he looked, he looked at the police. He looked at me. Um, and I'm like, I'm just standing here. He look at me. I look at him. He look at me again. He look back at the police. He put it, take the gun, put it back in the car. His man, like you, I can hear his man, you know, just saying stuff to him, like, man, you know, trying to egg him to do it. You roll the window up, the boys pull off. You know what I'm saying? And it's like that getting in that situation, right? I thought to myself, because I had just had my oldest son, I thought to myself, like, I got to chill. You know what I mean? Like, and I think this is one of the things that, this was before I was saved, but this is one of the things that God was doing in my heart. You know what I'm saying? To, like, get me to chill out. You know what I mean? And I remember, I remember thinking, like, you can be out here and get killed. And you got a baby son at home, and he never know who you are. You got to chill. That you know thought I mean? so right I, there. Listen, bro, <laughs> changed my life because at that time, 
I was I was acting a fool. You know what I'm saying at that time, and that's why I'm saying like you. I developed into a person like I I wasn't starting stuff, but if you notice that situation, that had nothing to do with me, yeah. nothing at all. But at this time, I developed a personality where I didn't care. You know what I'm saying? Like it didn't it didn't have to have nothing to do with me. You know what I mean? So it's like oof. it's crazy, bro. That's but okay, scary. before before uh, let me say it before I lose my thought. Like okay. This is that's the decision that I made. Like I gotta, I gotta chill. Like I gotta chill. I gotta be a responsible person. So I get a job the next summer. Me and my baby mama break up, but then I meet my my team, who was my wife now, and then I, I'm working my job. I'm being responsible. We talking about getting married, and I remember telling my man's, like, because I'm all, in my mind, I'm already thinking like I can't keep living the same life. I gotta get away from here. Like, cause I can get killed here. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so my man, I remember, I remember I'm like, I'm a, I, I gotta move out the hood. So I was like, I was with my, I was, I mean, this is before me and her got married. We moved all the way out to uh, Rose Point. I bought a house out in Rose Point when I was young. And I remember my man told me like, why would you move all the way out here? Out there. We ain't never posed. We was, we said we was never leaving the hood. And I remember thinking like, that's crazy. But I remember talking like that though. So it wasn't like he was crazy for saying that, because I yeah. used to be saying that. But then, it was, but then on the other hand, it was like you expect me to raise my kids in this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, so it's like it's like, but that's the kind of mentality that goes back to what you were saying. That's the kind of mentality that you that you start hearing because the movies you're watching, the music you're listening to, the people you're around, the situations you're finding yourself in, it's all telling you somehow. That living that life is better than living a life where you're not dealing with that kind of pressure. Like, pressure. Where you because one is today. real and one is not. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's yeah. You know it's what? Crazy, bro. So, so no. Thanks for sharing that. That that's yeah. an amazing, um, you know, situation and intriguing when you unpack it. But like you said, there's this there's this mentality that develops over time that. You have to stay here. Now, now hear, yeah. hear me out on this. The, this is intriguing to me because I am not against staying in the hood. Right. I will tell you this, though. Let's just take the name the hood away from it. So let's right. just take the, the way I see it. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Like thereof. we are in America. We free. I can live wherever I want to live. So if I started off in something that was economically bad, let's just deal with the economics. And then you can look at the violence that we talking about. Right. If I started in a situation where something was bad, but this is where the community of people that I love and want to be around are my mindset. And I'm not saying I thought like this when I was younger, but as I grew, especially in Christ, but you mature, you get older. My Mm -hmm. mindset is like, okay, if this is where we going to live and this is what we're going to own, over time, let's make it better. Now, I understand we're not going to get into all the dynamics of resources and all that. I'm just dealing right. with, like, literal, like, practical common sense. Like, my mindset would be if it took me 30 years, all right, I might start with my block. I might start whatever. So what's intriguing to me is that people don't pressure you to stay in those situations to help make it better. And there are people that do that. There's all type of projects, housing developments, yeah, that stuff. We, we both are 
you know, getting involved right. in. Getting so involved in. Yeah. if you're going to be in the hood, I guess my point is there's creative ways to stay there and or give back that mm -hmm. makes it better. My thing is like, let's make the hood better. I don't like the idea of the black community like trying to brainwash us to each other to think we like the worst place in every. So you go to every state. The hood is pretty much economically the worst place. Mm -hmm. That's what we want to own. Like that's no, let's make this better. So my <laughs> thing is like bring good in the hood. Like let, yeah, yeah. Like let's, let's, if, if we going to claim it, let's do something good. So I, I guess my point is like, you talked about that pressure and I feel like, it's something that a lot of people have to deal with. Hey, if you're going to go to school, if you're going to make yourself better, it's almost like people will make you feel bad for it unless yeah, you're a rapper or athlete. Right. Nobody put pressures a... on them, on, on, on their favorite rapper to send yeah. their kids to the hood school. But go ahead. Yeah. It's a, it's a, negative, it's a negative connotation to it. Even, and let, let, I'm just going to tell you how warped this mindset is, right? Even to be a rapper or an athlete, you not doing what they all doing. At all. Your head, you're either in the studio 24-7 grinding, you not in trouble. You know, I know the rappers make it, make it look like that, but no, in order to have a rap career, you got to be in that booth and you got to be practicing and you got to be writing. You ain't out in the streets, you know what I'm saying? Like, they would have you to believe, you know what I'm saying? And then it's crazy because when you hear a lot of these stories and when they really get to talking, about what they did, how they got there. They tell you what they did to get there. They worked hard and they stayed away from the drugs. And, it, and like a lot of these rappers don't even smoke and drink. You know what I'm saying? But they, uh, they had you believe and they do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now it's some that do, but it's a lot of them that don't. And they grind to get where they are. The athletes grind to get where they are. They're not just wasting their time. And the, and the crazy thing is you'll have people who not grinding like them telling you to waste your time and there's something wrong with you if you want to better yourself. You know what I'm saying? That's the craziest thing in the world to me. Like, Ooh, it's just man. the craziest thing in the world. So here's... To have a negative connotation on wanting to be better. You know what I'm saying? When that's all we should be trying to do. So here's like what's crazy about what you're saying. Ultimately, they don't exercise the mentality they promote. What At all. messed me up one time when I was in college, and I'm talking messed me up, because keep in mind, I'm still young in college, and I'm fresh out of the hood, and this is when you still believe in everything you see mm -hmm. in here. Like, I'm believing every rapper that rap about mm -hmm. certain things, like, they doing that tonight. That was what right. I used to think. <laughs> right, right. I was watching MTV Cribs, man, and I'll never forget, it was so crazy. It was an episode where Exhibit, you know, who was the host, right. like, he had his kid, he had his son on there one day. And let's say if at the time his son was four or five, I don't know if that's really the case. Right. And I remember like they, his son was on there and he was talking a little bit or something. And again, it's a vague memory. But what I remember is I think they had him outside playing in the backyard, running around. I remember when his son started talking, he was talking proper. <laughs> And right. I remember being thrown <laughs> off like, whoa, wait a minute. So you mean to tell me y'all selling me the image of yeah. thug, whatever. And I was never a thug, but you get what I'm saying? Like the streets, right. all drugs, all this. But your son 
he sound like he live in the suburbs. Like that was Fact. my mind at the time. Fact. And that was something I always remember. And to the point you made, these rappers and these athletes, sometimes to me, I view them as sellouts because instead of promoting to people Man. where they came from, Man. the mindset that they used to get where they got, Man. it's like they going to keep telling you, be a victim. You know, Jay, dog. Jay, listen, go ahead. dog. Go ahead. When you say that, bro, when, when we when we really characterize what a sellout really is, mm. you're pushing poverty to your own neighborhood that you wasn't even involved in, so you can make money from the people you say is impoverishing them. Come on, bro. If I if that's not a sellout, I don't know what a sellout is. I I literally don't. It ain't the guy that's talking proper. And going to college and trying to make a better life for itself. Nah, it's the guy that know what's going on, but he's pushing poison to the community and getting paid from the supposed white man. Yeah. Like that, it it doesn't make any sense in the world to me, bro. Like it doesn't make any sense in the world to me. But that, but this is what we constantly think we should be doing in order to have that stamp of approval from where we're from. And this you know what would, that's what make the conversation so complex is now for us as believers, especially in the world today with the type of pressures and the, the media, like the, the narratives that are created, like we are challenged to have to dig deeper to think for right. ourselves. And when you think about being a Christian, you know, I, I just always think of scriptures, let this mind be in you that's in Christ Jesus. That scripture is about humility. Mm-hmm. And I think about Romans, where it's like we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. Oh, that is mind. about salvation and worship. And so yeah. how we think about this stuff really matters. Now, here's what yeah. I say. In everything that we're talking about, for anybody listening, I'm urging people not to listen as white versus black or Democrat yeah. versus Republican. We talking as Christians and understand there's, this takes a lot of balance. And you might have mm-hmm. to listen to this conversation two or three times before you can figure out what the balance is. Like, yo, there's some real things happening here. But mm-hmm. I, I wanna ask you about this, Doug. So we talked about a lot of the real things that really happened that we really saw and experienced growing up in the hood. Right. Now, how do you, Take those real things that happen and not allow yourself to be, to develop a victim mentality where you never are actually getting up for yourself and doing anything. Because what we really want to promote, man, to any young people from where we from, and even if you not, is like, regardless of what you went through, even if you were a victim, becoming a victim mentally yeah. is not ever yeah. going to help you. Yeah, this is important because... Um, the victim mentality, um, no matter if you were victimized for real or just victimized by association or victimized just by the culture, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you can't, you, you can't stay a victim because the, the victim mentality just stagnates you to where you never really think about the responsibilities that you have. Now, this doesn't negate, and I'm just, I'm I'm speaking as far as the real victims. Like, yeah. you know, if you got victimized for real, you know what I mean? That happened to you. And you're, you have every right to, to 
feel the way you feel, but you cannot stay there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You cannot stay in that position. You have to realize there there's things that I have to do to be able to cope with this. And then there's things that I have to do to be able to move on and take responsibility for the things that I'm doing after I realize that I was victimized, that I, that, but I can't stay there. And I, and I say that because this is important, right? You, you, you understand what happened to you and all of us have had things that happened to us. Like I was victimized by the environment that I grew up in. And then, you know, you hear people saying now it's PTSD and things like that. You know, I haven't really looked into that and, and I, and I can't deny that some of the effects of that, you know, might affected me. But as I realized that, Hey, these things happened to me, these things helped shape me to be the way I am. You have to look at them and say, the things that develop out of me from this situation, is it God honoring or is it not? If there are things and characteristics in my personality that is not God honoring, being that I'm a Christian, then I have to accept that. I have to say, okay, I have to be changed. Just like you, you, you named the, the, by the renewal of Romans chapter 12, you, the renewing in your mind. Now I have to go to God and have him renew my mind and I have to be obedient to what his word says and I have to change. I have to take responsibility for the things that I know that I've done wrong, even though I realize that this particular situation or environment helped me make those decisions that I made or helped me develop that character, those characteristics that I developed. You can't stay there and remain in that position if you're a Christian. Um, you just can't. You have to let the word of God and the Holy Spirit redirect your 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 personality, redirect your 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 habits, redirect the, you know the, the the characteristics that you develop, because God is calling you to be something greater than what you what what, what you have been victimized from. You know what I mean? You just can't stay there. Yeah, and, and, and that's um, powerful. Oh, go ahead. Finish it. My bad. No, no. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. Um, that's powerful. That's that's powerful stuff about not staying there. And then also, and that's why we talk about balance, man. Like balance is something that I feel is a lost cause these days because everybody's trying to win an argument. Right. And when you take that out of it and just make it about the gospel and make it about being believers, you can actually look fairly at both sides. Like you said, mm -hmm. we understand that some people out there really were victimized. And we can't take that away. We can't overlook that. We can't act like that doesn't have some type of side effects um, with people's lives. But mm -hmm. ultimately, you said something very important. Remaining a victim will never heal you. Never. And, and, and I'll say it like this as an example. We talked about gunshots and, and things that happen. Look, someone gets shot. Even a gang member, right? Even when a gang member gets shot, they go to the hospital. Yeah. Like, so even, even when a person who is actively living a lifestyle of violence, when that violence begats that violence, they still dial 911 or drop him off mm -hmm. or her off at the hospital. Mm -hmm. Because once you become that victim, if you remain in that position, you're going to die. The Thanks. only way you're going to survive is if you get to a doctor or a hospital or someone who can help change help your you. condition. Right. And so ultimately what we're talking about is 
we are not dismissing anybody who grew up with a certain lifestyle. And again, this is just, I want people to know, this is just one dynamic. I'm going to have other conversations with, with people from different walks of life mm-hmm. to understand another side of the tracks and other dynamics mm-hmm. culturally as believers being rooted in that. But ultimately, what we're talking about today is just to, to point you to that help that you need. Right. Regardless of whether you really did experience, because look, some people really did. And, and I'm speaking for me. The stuff I experienced, bro, I was there. I grew up on Seven Mile hey. on the east side of Detroit. But in a lot of ways, I'm like, man, I saw some stuff, but right. I was really protected. I had parents. I Like, my yeah. family was saved. I had love. I had... So, even though I was in it, God was protecting me, and I know that Amen. some people had it worse than me, so I'm not right. minimizing it, but what we're saying is that ultimately... Christ is our salvation. Amen. Amen. And that victim mentality in some ways is to deny Christ. Mm-hmm. What you said is important about, you know, when that gang member gets shot, he has to get out of it. They take him to the hospital. He gets out that situation. They're trying to help you. They're trying to help him to keep him from dying. Yep. It's the same thing. Like if you want to, if you understand that what the, the, the context you're living in is destructive, you can only go to Christ Jesus to get you out of that situation. He is the position. He can heal you from that. You know what I'm saying? Once you realize that you need that help. I, I, I mean, a lot of what we're talking about today is I can honestly say living and growing up in that environment, even though it, it helped develop me into some of the, into, to the, to the man I am today with some of the responsibilities and, and all that that was that was put on me, it was a lot of the things that that environment taught me that was just terrible. And I and I realized it, you know what I'm saying, later on in my life when I almost lost my mind. You know what I mean? So it's like I needed to go to Christ to figure out what I needed to do to 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 get out of that those sinful habits. You know what I'm saying? Like it's you 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 can't stay a victim. You can't now. I can always say, "Well, my father wasn't there, or um, he this the, the, he he didn't take care of me the way he should, or this happened to me, or that happened to me. If this would have happened this way, or if I didn't have this, or I can always say that. But then I also have to understand that I have a part to play in my life too. You know what I'm saying? And I can't let those things that happened in my past deter me from what I'm trying to do in the future. You, you know can't let you can't the facts keep you from the truth. Facts. And, and so I think what people like, man, you you saying some dope stuff. Like we want to acknowledge and, un, and and understand like your the fact that you These might have happened. Yeah, like we they not happen. overlooking it. But like you said, the truth is you need to grow from that. And unfortunately, what happens is so many people and, and I, look. One of the most heartbreaking things for me is really two-sided. It's when someone dies in their sin, Mm -hmm. and I mean that kind of as an entendre, like literally dying and you haven't given your life to Christ. Mm -hmm. But I hate to see people die in the hood because they're dying in the lifestyle that they created. Right. And, And a lot of times it's because 
how many people you think your same dude when you moved to Gross Point had that conversation to you while you living out here? How many mm-hmm. times has he said that to somebody and actually stopped them from moving forward? And and that's the that's the thing, because it's the mentality that's being pushed into us that's saying poverty and 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 recklessness and sin is the way you should go to identify as being real or black yep. or and that's and that's the and, and and I don't mean to say that because it's white people in this culture. It's Hispanics in this culture that feel the same way. You know what I'm saying? But it's it's something sinister when you have something an outside influence pushing into the culture that it's okay to be the way it is and not to better itself. You know what well, I'm saying? Like it's 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 not not only is it okay, but it's actually honorable. It's actually better to be this way. And I just think that's that's the tough part about it. And like you saying, not only is that a twisted mindset of telling you that this is better, and that happens a lot of times in the music and things we glorify. And, and I'm gonna just be real. I get irritated. This is why it's hard for me to watch like certain channels on TV. I'm not gonna like put mm-hmm. people out there. But sometimes it's hard for me to watch because I'm like, man, you finally get the black writers and the black directors yep. and stuff. And then you still portraying us with the same stereotypes. Like, man, the, the, you, you, look, go uh, ahead. Jay, it's the craziest thing, right? We, me and my, me and my wife went on like a, like a two day thing when we, when I was home, um, just looking at all the black movies we grew up on. Right. And I'm looking at these movies and I'm like, it's literally no hope in these movies. None. It's like, and black writers was writing this stuff. And it's like, this is the only thing you have to offer, like, as a black writer. This is it. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I'm talking about your poetic justices, your yeah. minister society, things, the, the, the movies that we champion as black people. And I'm like, there's no hope in these movies at all. Yep. You, you black and it's rough. And somebody gonna die. Like, like and, and it's like the best you could do. And, and that's it, bro. Like, that's it. You that, know what? And, that, and I. No, my bad. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, we, go ahead. Go, both, I, no, I, 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 both I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, because I wanted what I wanted, what I wanted to say was like, this is what we learned. Like, this is what we learned. Being black is. You know what I'm saying? Like, just think of a movie like Minister Society. He finna leave. And they kill him before he finna leave, bro. Like boys in the hood. Yeah, Ricky, when you when you just you about to oh, go to the to he about to go like, to the league. You and this is what like what 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 benefit did this have for me as a young black man to see that happen? What was that? Sh- how was that shaping me? What was it doing for me? Yeah. It was teaching me that to be hopeless. You know what that, I'm saying? That. You know that's what he was that teaching is? me. That, that's what I'm. That's that's what I'm saying. Like that's that's what you learning in the culture. That no matter what you do, it's hopeless. But we not, you know what I'm saying. But we not even thinking about. All right, look at the last five movies you just showed your young to teenage child or young adult mm-hmm. child. Like, all right, here you know I got that line and that and that um that song that cipher that we in like. Right. It's more than one way to be a black man. One way man. to be a black man. And the reason that I wrote that line in the song was because I feel like that 
things like that in movies, in music, in art. People keep portraying that as a black man, I have to be a certain way, Uh limiting the hope of me being something different. And then I'll see something like, where's the movie about a doctor being Carson? And it's like, you know, where's the movie that, that of a guy like that we can resonate with that came from there, got, they got saved, got their life together. Now they, now they are, they're raising their children and everything the right way. Where's that positive image? And right. And, and giving back, like, where's that, where's that positive image? Where's that for the black community? You, now we have we have more black people in movies, but where is that image of a strong black man that's taking care of his business, that's not a clown or not being ridiculed in the movie? Like where is where is he at? Yeah, you don't see him. You know yeah. what I'm. But but you got tons of movies where it's hopeless. You know what I'm saying? It's just hopeless. Now that's it's one like, thing. Uh, my bad. My bad. You saying it's it's hopeless? It's just like what? Yeah. No, I mean Jay. I watched the movie. On Netflix, um, I can't remember the name of the movie, but the gist of the movie was this. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, his pops was doing life for being an addict and killed somebody. So the whole movie was him dealing, the the young homie dealing with that. It was no hope in the movie. Then he ended up in jail with his pops. They in the same jail, both of them doing life. You know what I'm saying? And then it's like, he can raise his son like he had a son before he went into jail. He can raise his son while he's in jail doing life. How can he raise this little boy? How can he raise this little boy in jail? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's no way possible he can raise him like a young, responsible black father is supposed to raise his son. But that's the that's the image that he gives you. And this is a movie that was made in 2019. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, what's yeah. the what what is the What's the benefit of me being 18 or 17 watching this movie? Like, it tells me that it's hopeless. Like, no matter what, it's hopeless. And here's like, the and thing. Like, and I just... You... All right. Because you're making a good point. I think part of this is... And I'm challenging creators, man. Like, especially yeah. Christians. Like, look, stop telling me who I was and tell me who I can be. At some point, it's like, yo, all right, Roots, that was good for its time, or this, like, and and I'm not saying all these movies are bad or there's no place for telling that story, right? Mm -hmm. But I think the problem becomes when it's the only story we're telling. Like, when it's like, all right, you only telling me what, like, all right, and I, I think this is where, let me try to say this clearly. I think where we go wrong is keeping it real. And, yeah. and we lose the balance behind keeping something real and actually shaping the future. And what I mean by that, like, right. I use this example a lot. Like, um, you know, single parents. Black, black single mothers, like, a lot of times because the fathers weren't in a lot of homes growing up, mm-hmm. like, we champion and appreciate them for that, rightfully right. so, right? So rightfully it's like... So. They deserve that because they stepped in and filled a gap for something that was Facts. there, right? But Facts. you know what? Nobody ever sits us down and explain, yo, even though grandma stepped up to the plate and raised nine kids, that ain't how it was supposed to be. That's not so, how it's supposed to be. As dope as grandma is, I That's don't want you. That's not how it was supposed to be. I don't want Facts. you to grow up to be like grandma. 
Because Facts. we keep, as long as we keep telling the same story, we keep reproducing the same results. And it's like, no, when is somebody going to be brave enough to say, I love grandma, I love big mama, I love what she did. And, and I know that she deserves that praise. But here's my point. When someone sees people getting praise, they want to become it. That's why kids want right. to be rappers, because they get in grandmas. Right. It's like, right. I want to be that. Oh, that's what we praise? But at some point, we got to learn how to praise something with balance and say, yep, I appreciate you for stepping up, but I want you to raise your daughter to be yep. a wife. Yes. I want you to raise your, your son not to run out like your husband did. Amen. Facts. And we forgive y'all, like, and we and we respect y'all. This is no disrespect that. to y'all, you know. Right, it's no disrespect at all. It's it's some women that stepped up that that had to, but that's not Literally. the way it was supposed to be. It's just not the way. And when you normalize that and make that the standard now, not 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 just normalizing it, but it's the standard. A woman can live, and and no, that's not the way the family structure is supposed to be. Um, uh, that's supposed to be pictured. The family structure is a man, woman, and and they're raising a baby in holy matrimony. You know what I'm saying? A a, a clear, productive family. You know what yep. I mean? It's it's not normal. And and then just to go back to your point about keeping it real, right? So, and you was like you 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 know the Christian artists or they're always they always talking about you know what they came from or what they did yep. or what they was in. But is it just as real to talk about what you're doing now? Because if <laughs> right. you're a Christian, real life is I'm reading my Bible every day. I'm raising my children. I'm, I'm going to work. I'm being responsible. I'm loving my wife. That's, that's real too. So th th that's what we mean when we talk about being balanced. Like it's, it's okay to acknowledge where you came from, but don't stay there. Don't don't stay and no Christian should be staying there. You know what I'm saying? It's okay to acknowledge where God took you from and how God kept you and 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 shaped you and 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 and, and helped develop you in that culture. But it's yeah. totally that that's totally different from what God is doing to you now and how He's shaping you now and what kind of culture you're in now because they need we need to see that too. People need to see the culture you're living in now. You know what I'm saying? So they can help them get them from where they are to where they need to be. And if you love the hood, you will tell people Facts. that. If you love Facts. your family, like you will actually look, man, it's nothing greater to me than to see a young kid going to a big school or getting good grades and going away because we can't be crabs in a barrel and want to keep people down. You can't even give back until you leave. Facts. How am I give back and I'm in it Still suffering from it. Now I'm the not very saying, notion of giving back. Come is, on, is, like is to say that you got away from it and you coming back to give. The very notion of it. You know make what I'm something like, out of your life. And right. and my challenge to like my challenge is look, man. If you gonna look, if I live in the hood, I want to buy the block up. Like that mm -hmm. to me, it's like let's own it. Let's clean stuff up, starting with our house, like whatever. And I know some of this stuff is so many other dynamics, but I, I want people to hear what I really believe is that we don't celebrate. It's a, look, it's a lot of people. Like we said, a lot of these athletes and stuff, they have actually exercised these principles. Mm -hmm. But because people are so politically correct, 
it's they're afraid to actually say them. And right. as believers, we shouldn't be following the way of the world. Right. Um, and we just sharing, look, we still, we only scratched the, the surface today. Surface. This was one perspective. In no way are we saying the hood is the worst place in the world, right? We two, right. two young black dudes that grew up in the inner city of Detroit um, and still love the city, um, still do a lot of things in and around the city. Mm-hmm. But I know one thing, if I would have allowed myself to just turn into a violent, you know, person, I was going to be no good to the hood. Right. How am I good to the hood and I'm killing people in it? Right. That's counterproductive. So even even as Christians though, Jay, like our responsibility, if you, if you just want to take these things to be fruitful and multiply and bear God's image in the world, our responsibility as Christians is to, is to transform things. We are supposed to go into any area that we can possibly go into and influence it. We're supposed to be redeeming everything we touch. You know what I'm saying? So as a Christian, you would want, I would imagine that you would want to go in to your old neighborhood or, or, or in, in, in redeem it, so to speak. Yeah. You would want to, you would want to, you know, bring life to it and bring economic wealth to it. And, and because a lot of people don't understand this about wealth. Wealth is not the, is not the, is not the opposite of being poor. Wealth is the opposite of want. You don't, you, you don't need for nothing when you're wealthy. So that, that, that doesn't have a price tag on it that, you know, whatever you can do to, to, to sustain a, a particular lifestyle, you know what I'm saying? Without having to work for it is what wealthy is. You don't want for anything. So why would you want to build a community where people are generating wealth and, and, and you're bringing life and, 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 and productivity to a particular area um, when you're just talking about the, 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 just the social aspect of it? You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of us are leaning towards these movements that want change. But as Christians, we are the ones that are equipped to do that. We are the ones that have the principles of God to be able to go into these areas and change them and, 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 and do what's necessary to, 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 to influence men's hearts. You know what I'm saying? And get men saved and, and, and they, they go out and make better families and produce other Christians and, in, in the environment changes, you know what I'm saying? But what kind of Christians will we be if we don't do that? And, 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 and these are the kind of things that I'm thinking about as I'm getting older, you know what I'm saying? And starting to think about, you know, passing on a legacy and what do I want people to remember me as, you know what I'm saying? And I want to be one of those Christians that influences everything I touch for God's glory, for good. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, we just got to think through it like that. And we got to stop always reminding people of what they were yeah. and tell them what they can become. They man. can like, be. When you think about salvation, salvation is about freedom and deliverance from who you were, no matter man. how bad it is. And a lot man. of times we not giving people the gospel because we actually acting like the gospel don't have power. Like, Man. you can't be better than what you were because. Right. And so what we do is we try to spend more time proving how bad what we were and what we experienced was because mm-hmm. we don't think that God's power is enough to save us and change us from it. Man. And so as Christians, right, what I, what I really want to say to challenge 
today as a Christian is a look, let's start having conversations for the purpose of the gospel, not for being right or wrong, not to judge people, um, not to think you're better than people. Cause you know, breaking news, whether you black, white, green, or purple, if you didn't grow up in the hood or you didn't grow up in poverty, you're not better than people because of that. And the worst thing we could do is take a young person, especially, and make them think that they, they are limited in comparison to anyone else. Mm-hmm. But we, we know that it's super important to have these conversations, regardless of where you come from, with the goal of pointing people to Christ. Yeah. Salvation. I, I want to say that. Go ahead. I want to say this too, Jay. Like on the flip side of you saying, you know, that if you from the hood, that don't make you, you know, worse than anybody else. Or that, that somebody that's not from the hood, that don't make you better than somebody that is. It's we living in a day now where it's guys in the suburbs who feel like they nothing because they not the guys in the hood. Because they, so, <laughs> they didn't have a struggle. Because they didn't have a struggle. So it's the door swings both ways. Like nobody is better than anybody. You know what I'm saying? Christians, young Christians, no matter what background you came from, one background is not better than the other. At you know all. what I'm saying? Because the, 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 the playing field is this. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, no matter what neighborhood you're in. You know what I'm saying? So and That's why the point of that, to your point, that's why the purpose of the conversation has to be salvation. Because mm-hmm. if we make it about salvation, here's what happened sin and salvation, however, whatever perspective you want to view it from, mm-hmm. it levels the playing field because Facts. I don't care how rich or wealthy you are. You Facts. were born in sin. So Facts. when, when, when it becomes about Christ and not all of the earth, we got to stop making the earthly things more important than the spiritual that's things. A, that, that's a very important point. You said, you know, about no matter what, no, if you wealthy or you are, you are a sinner. And I, 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 it reminds me of a conversation I was having with uh, one of my friends, right? And um, he asked me, he say, he says, one of my white friends, he says, Doug, you know, um, why is it so much, you know, like violent crime in the neighborhood, you know, in black neighborhoods? And I sat back and I thought, I said, well, let me give you, a, let me give you an example, okay? A young black man, when he wants to feed his family, he goes into a liquor store if he doesn't have a, if he wants to commit a crime, he puts on a ski mask, he grabs a gun, he goes to the liquor store, and he might rob the liquor store for two or three hundred dollars, right? Yep. And get whatever he wants. What does uh, somebody in corporate America do when they want to rob somebody? They put on a suit and tie, they grab yeah. their briefcase, they go into their office, and they rob everybody out of their pension. What's Damn. the difference? For millions. What's the difference? You see what I'm saying? Like, is, is stealing is still stealing. In God's eyes, it's the theft is still theft. So what's the difference? I know we want to put a dip, we make a difference, you know what I'm saying? Because one is violent, so to speak, and one is not. But what's the difference? You it's know what not. I'm saying? So it's like it's, it's, it's the perspective that we have. Like we got to change the perspective that we have. We and, and when you, know you when you put it when you put it on the sin level, yeah, you know what I'm saying, then a lot of these stereotypes, a lot of these they just fade away. And we got to stop elevating our life experience among everyone else. Cause I think Mm -hmm. like what you said, even if you from the hood, like you got people who not from the hood because these stories sound great and romanticized. Mm -hmm. Like they want to struggle, but it's like, bro, look, Mm -hmm. I, 
you know what? It's some places overseas that's worse than the hood. And worse, so, way worse. So you gotta way stop, worse. Listen, you gotta stop telling yourself. See, this is the one thing about America too that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. We approach everything from an American standpoint and act like the rest mm-hmm. of the world don't exist. So it's like, right. all right, you grow up in one of these war zones where where they strapping bombs to kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you tell me that, that seven mile is worse than that. You know what? On seven mile, <laughs> right, wasn't that bad. Right. I, I walked to the store every week, had tw- quarter right. bags of chips and, and juices. Right. So, but that, that's why I said that earlier. Like I'm, I'm reluctant to say that when compared to you know, like some of the stories I heard about, you know, like Patrick Beck Davis saying that he, when he was young, his 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 neighborhood was getting bombed. And he was he had to hide him and his family his father had to hide them under 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 a, a set of stairs like i didn't experience anything like that they was but literally then, getting they, bombed literally getting bombed bro but then like the experiences that i have with somebody gunshots on the side of my house is is an experience that somebody didn't have growing up either you know what i'm saying so it's like you don't want to minimize yourself you don't want to maximize somebody else's experiences. You know what I'm saying? Because all of our experiences are different. You and, know what I mean? So. And I'll say this, and, and then I'm going to give you the last word. Um, that That's an important point to make. And hopefully anybody who's listening to this understands, like, from, when you're unpacking this from a Christian perspective and with the goal um, to point people to Christ, ultimately, you're, it's not about making something better or worse. What we tried to do today is share our experiences, right? Mm-hmm. But share them in a way where you can understand that they're real, but also understand that there are some things we all have to wrestle through mm-hmm. in order to get out of those things. And mm-hmm. a lot of times, even when we're older, we're still wrestling because we still got friends, family, yep. all type of things. Like some people, it's their church. There's these dynamics, right? But ultimately, what I want people to know is that whether you're from the hood, the suburbs, whether you're poor or wealthy, as believers, we should be able to come together, man, learn these things about each other, wrestle through what they might mean or might not mean in a respectful way, and not let the world, and this is why I appreciate you, Doug, for coming on today. You know, mm. I, I I didn't want to have a lot of these conversations this year because I felt like people were just triggered and it was just a negative vibe around them. But I also, oh man, I'm sitting here editing this audio after this interview and uh, realizing that the interview somehow cut off short at the end, but we were just wrapping it up. And ultimately, I could tell you the gist of what we were saying and what Doug was saying um, is that this is about pointing people to Christ. Um, That's our heart. And I want to have more of these conversations with people from different walks of life and spreading diversity within the body of Christ. And um, keep telling everybody, man, we need to be united by faith, not our color, not our politics, united by our faith. Guys, people, thank you so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed what you heard, subscribe at Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That way you can hear the show every single week. Also, you can find us at InspireGuysPeople.com. Hit the drop down box and select podcast. Yo, email me, JermaineWilsonMusic at gmail.com. Tell me what you think about the show. What type of topics and interviews do you want to hear next? And always remember, if you don't like me, 
Just act like you like me. If you looking for me, I'll be in my own world. Create for the creator when I'm in my own world. I serve below the surface. It's layers to my purpose. Inspire God's people when I'm in my own world. Look in the sky, there ain't no stars in it. The art is all natural and authentic. Rivers of love, we swimming for us. We can't drown if we fall in it. If you looking for me, I'll be in my own world. Create for the creator when I'm in my own world. I surf below the surface, it's layers to my purpose. Inspire God's people when I'm in my own world.